stops, launches deep, Jalen Guyton, he's got it! Touchdown Chargers, what a throw! And now, your hosts of the Shock Therapy Podcast, Tyler Lawrence and Zach Alfers. What's up, Zach? What's going on? Uh, free agency chargers went heavy, man. Did we not yeah. go heavy? Way heavier than I thought we were going to go. Uh, way heavier than I thought possible. Um, really, really crafty uh contracts that Tom Telesco was able to pull off here. Um, and we signed about three times the amount of players that I thought we were going to be able to just the name recognition, the, the, the name brand name, the household names coming to the chargers. I, I didn't think, I mean, we were here talking last week about JC Jackson. There's no possible way. Um, and I think it's about time we completely throw out all of our years of fandom and of covering this team, because this is unlike any team uh, we've ever seen it just on Telesco in this one offseason doing things we've never thought possible from the man yeah I was not expecting us to be quite as active I knew we had a lot of money to spend but Tom Telesco has always been very hesitant to go after top top players and uh, especially in free agency it's always been about supplementing the team supplementing the team and it started last year when we picked up Corey Lindsley um, you know we got the best center of all of football in, in 2019, uh, 2020, playing for the 2021 season. And this year is just so not on brand for who we thought Brandon Staley was in free agency. And part of it has to be Brandon Staley asking for his guys, right? I, I think so. Because, I mean, even last year, obviously, Corey Lindsley was an amazing signing for us, a very – sought after free agent but he's a center right there were more other like high quality free agents on the market playing at, at more i guess uh attractive looking positions i'm talking cornerback receiver edge rushers center is kind of you know an uh, under the radar kind of signing it was great for us but it kind of was on par with yeah it was not a flashy free agent addition kind of guy um Every signing we've made so far has been is all splash. I, I want to go belly flop in Rivers Lake right now. Let's go take a look at just some of these offseason additions. Overall, starting with Mike Williams, three years, $60 million contract, makes him a top paid player at his position at wide receiver. Then you go and trade for Khalil Mack. You trade a second round pick and next year's sixth round pick and essentially get one of the top edge rushers over the past decade. Three years, $64 million contract is what it turns out to end up being. Uh, he ends up tendering Donald Parham one year, 900 k about. Uh, Jalen Guyton, one year, 900 k He re-signs Dustin Hopkins to a three-year, $9 million deal. Makes him one of the highest paid kickers in the NFL, averaging $3 million a year. Then you go and get what was really the top free agent on a lot of people's boards, J.C. Jackson, cornerback. Pays him very, very well, five years, $82 million, but still at a bargain in comparison because a lot of people are expecting $20 million a year or more. Uh, and I think J.C. Jackson took a discount to come play with Derwin James. Absolutely. Then he shores up the interior of the defensive line with two really under-the-radar signings. Uh, Austin Johnson, two years, $14 million, comes over from the Giants. Then you got defensive tackle Sebastian Joseph Day. Three years, $24 million. He's a true nose tackle, but both those players can play the nose. Uh, I believe Austin Johnson is going to play in the B gap more, but he gives you that flexibility, has a lot of snaps coming in the A gap. Uh, he re-signs Chase Daniel to a one-year $2.2 million contract, tenders Storm Norton, releases Brian Bulaga, and then the last piece of news that I heard today, uh, signing a Pro Bowl long snapper Josh Harris, Sucks to see Matt Overton go four years, $5 million. 
revamps special teams, revamps the defensive line, adds a stud cornerback. He went crazy during free agency period. And I think a lot of it has to do with expecting that the cap is going to go up in the future. Looking at some of these contracts and saying, you know, down the road, I think we're going to be okay. They're going for it, though. I mean, I've never seen a team throw this many assets at a on a quarterback's rookie deal. I, I've just never seen a team go all in. And it, it's it's awesome to see because it's totally on brand with this all-in motto and mentality we were trying to bring in Brandon Staley's first year, I, I think. How, how did he end that presser saying, like, this year was about figuring us out and now next season's about all becoming champions? Uh, I can't wait to see that because it, it's it sounds more and more like that's not just talk. They are uh, walking in it, and um, Telesco's giving – given Staley the pieces to do it. Uh, I know we talked about him a little bit last week. I do want to talk a little bit more about Khalil Mack and what he brings to this defense. Today he did have a presser. Guy's a professional. You can hear it in the way that he talks. Like He's a professional, and I think, still think he has a lot left in the tank. Uh, I think he's going to offer, like, everybody looks at Khalil Mack as a pass rusher, but he is a really, really good run defender, and the Chargers went and upgraded every position on the defensive line. Every he, position got absolutely. a turn up. Well, and even I mean, Joey Bosa, who we are, are keeping, right? He right astronomically better in what he's able to do because you can't quadruple team him. You can't even, I don't think, really commit two bodies to that side of the line because of all of the pass rush presence we just added at every position. Every position on the defensive line, but it really started with that trade. It really set all the dominoes in line. And then as soon as as that first domino went down, they just started clicking. So I'm really, really excited for what we got with him, the familiarity. I mean, the fact that both those guys are going to be on -on one-on-one matchups off the edge is going to be so dangerous for any other team in the AFC West. The AFC just in general got so much better on every team. I feel like so many NFC players left their previous team and went to an AFC team. And, and, and we can talk about like the Jaguars got a lot better. They spent a, a premium yeah. to get better, but the, yeah. they got better. The Broncos definitely got better when they traded for Russell Wilson. The Raiders didn't, <laughs> but they got Chandler Jones, right? They got Chandler Jones. They're trying. Everyone's trying. And then the Von Miller's coming back to the AFC. going to join that very Bills Bills defense everybody's loading up the arms race is definitely you know uh in full swing right now it's crazy to watch the the power dynamic of the NFL dramatically shift over the last couple of days the the NFL was a very different league uh just on Monday um and it's just changing it seems every single hour you know it reminds me of like the NBA the east being really weak and the west being super super strong and we are now seeing that dynamic in the NFL which is just crazy to see it's insane Darius Smith returns yeah. back to the Ravens that's exciting to watch and I Mar- think- and the and Ravens got Marcus well every team in the AFC is is killing their their offseason approach I feel like and it's kind of just left F- NFC teams kind of just hovering playing with their thumbs. I know. It's such a crazy dynamic to see it happen. I feel like every single playoff game next season in the AFC is going to be worth more to watch than the Super Bowl because, I mean, I don't know who the breakout team is going to be in the NFC. I just don't see who it is because everybody got worse. The Ravens, uh, the Rams lost some of their star players. Um, it's it's going to be a totally, totally heavier dynamic on the AFC uh, conference side of the NFL just because it's going to be so competitive. It's actually kind of scary when you're looking at at the Chargers' schedule come uh, come next season. Uh, I mean, just in, in our division alone, it's going to be such a tight, tight race. Yeah, but I kind of, you know, while we're with the NCAA kind of kicking off next tomorrow, I, I think it, it just breeds a bigger team. I kind of like compare it to you know the the these tournament teams that are coming from the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12 and Big 10s where they play tournament teams all year round. That's going to be the Chargers this year. They're going to never 
they're going to play six playoff games within their division. That's terrifying. <laughs> I is, mean, that is terrifying. But as, you know, as as fans of one of the most competitive professional sports, these these guys want that. They bring they encourage that. They bring that on. And thinking about like Khalil Mack today, I was getting boost, uh, goosebumps from listening to the guy play because you can kind of tell he is kind of like a teen time bomb. I feel just a, a shell of himself over in Chicago and really excited to get back onto the scene and uh, regain, I think, some respect that he thinks he's lost in Chicago. Just from yeah, what I, I heard from him to, today, he, he looks like he has something to prove. And you don't hear that, you know, that chip on your shoulder kind of mentality from a guy who's a four-time All-Pro. Uh, and then when you look at their, their I, mean, I don't want to get too far into their opponents next year, but I mean, they're going to play the Jaguars who get massively better. They're going to pay the play the Seahawks. I think that's kind of helpful for us right now. Uh, the Dolphins have all those draft picks. Um, those are just the home games. The Texans uh, are going to get a lot of draft picks out of this Sean Watson trade. Yeah. Uh, 49ers, we all know is good. Um, the Browns are adding pieces as well. They could be in the mix for Deshaun Watson. It's going to be a really, really tough schedule. Um, and especially and- the Rams, you know, are – I guess home stadium brothers just off of Super Bowl, this rivalry that's building, uh, that's definitely going to be a, a game with Brandon Staley versus uh, Sean McVay for the first time in the regular season. That game's going to have a lot of different layers too. So it we're it's going to be one of those. You, we're every week is going to be a, a challenge, and it's kind of sucks that of all the NFC teams we could play, we're going to play the NFC West. Yeah, I'd love like, to get the <laughs> NFC East again. Um, I would like to just play the NFC East permanently. I'd like to just move to that division. <laughs> I mean, look at the Cowboys. The Cowboys lost all their receivers except for CD. Um, they just paid Demarcus Lawrence a, a boatload of money, but they lost their a lot of their secondary. Like they got so much worse, so uh, much and, worse. And I think they're going to lose a lot of face with across the league with how they handled the Randy Gregory situation, how there oh, was a deal on the Randy table. Gregory at the That's end. awful because I think that was a big part of the allure about the Cowboys. Like this, we were a professional organization. We handle business the right way. I think you're kind of showing now that that's your only, that's kind of really your only sell point right now it is Dak Prescott. This, and we do business the right way. And Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones, I think is going to lose a lot of respect from players and free agents uh, moving forward with how he handled that situation. Cause that's just honestly just bad business a hundred percent all the way around. They had a real opportunity to become a massive powerhouse in the NFC They did. being in a weak division and they lost everybody. So many guys. So they are literally starting over with a handful of superstars at certain positions, like at corner, like at quarterback. But, I mean, Zeke's days, best days are behind him. CD, we're going to see what he's like as a true wide receiver one now. He's He has had a lot of the pressure taken off with Amari Cooper, who bolted for the Browns. Also, the team that got better there. Um, I have no idea who's going to be the cream of the crop. I mean, even the, the Buccaneers lost a lot of players. Yeah, and... In this situation with Tom Brady coming back, are they going to hold him hostage or not? It, it, there's a lot. Yeah, the NFC, AFC power dynamic is going to be very interesting to monitor. Um, but I think you've been right. You, you just on on Twitter and stuff talking about how the AFC conference championship, AFC conference game is going to be the Super Bowl of the year because um, those are going to be the two best teams playing. The the teams that meet in the AFC conference game will be the two best football teams next season. Without you, there's there's no way no way that you mean an NFC team that competes with any of those teams that we just mentioned in the AFC. Uh, let's go ahead and get back to some of our free agent signings. Uh, I want to talk a little bit, and this was like really easy uh, easy decision was bringing back Donald Parham and Jalen Guyton. Yeah to their uh, restricted free agent contracts is literally less than a million dollars for one year to hold them hostage. Uh, and Donald Parham without a doubt is our tight end one. As of right now, there are not many names left out in the market. I know Austin Hooper was just recently released by the Browns. 
but I don't see a single guy remaining in free agency or in the draft that I would take over Donald Parham right now. I think that is locked and loaded as our true tight end one, which I am stoked. I've been talking about it since the season ended. Like I really want to see what happens when Donald Parham gets the 80 targets that Jared Cook uh, is leaving on the table for him. Like that's such a great dynamic that to have. Uh, he's fully healthy back from that horrendous concussion that was probably one of the scariest things I've ever seen on, on the field. It I'm excited up there. I am I'm ecstatic. Like Donald Parham is going to go for over a thousand yards. That's my prediction. My bold, bold prediction that nobody's going to be expecting it at all. I'm just really, really excited for Donald Parham taking that leap into being the, the, uh, the chargers starting tight end next season. He deserves it too. And I just was bringing this stat up before, before he went down with that injury in week 15, he led all chargers players with passer rating when targeted 135.1. And that was the fifth best amongst all NFL pass catchers, any, any position um, who had at least 25 targets. So throw him the ball more. All right. Uh, so moving on, Jalen Guyton, the Chargers brought back. You know, what I really like about, about the whole offensive dynamic is I don't see a single position on the offensive side of the ball that got worse. Right. You can say, OK, we lost Odeobushi, but Odeobushi paid five games. Storm Norton was our starting right tackle. Both players like are should be pretty easy to upgrade in this offseason or in the draft, because, I mean, Storm Norton was probably one of the worst offensive tackles all last year. And he had some bright spots, but it shouldn't be that difficult to upgrade at right tackle. Shouldn't be that difficult to upgrade at offensive guard. And especially if we do bring back O'Day, I, I don't know what we're waiting for. Um, you bring back Jalen Guyton, you bring back Josh Palmer. I mean, you've got a lot of continuity there. You've got a tight end that is excelling, right? Like he's, he's moving into a bigger role and he's been playing much better every single season. I think this Chargers offense overall is taking a leap from a really, really good offense last season, which is just crazy to think about. And, you get another year of, of progression from Jalen Guyton, another year of development who he's also getting better, only like 24 years old. Overall, this offensive side of the ball can only get better. If we go and even sign an RB2, Justin Jackson was somewhat productive when he was on the field. If he could get on the field, if you get another running back in the third or fourth round or find Sony Michelle to pair him with. I don't see how this offense could potentially even come close to taking a step back next season. Well, and, and especially when you consider the fact that they were one of the most efficient offenses when it came to scoring touchdowns, but had some of the fewest amount of drives and actual possessions. They just had the ball a little less time than other teams did. But when they had the ball, they were one of the most productive teams. Even if that production take that efficiency takes a marginal step backwards, which I expect it to, because that defense is going to give them so much more on a game to game basis. They're going to get so many more chances. That's going to drive scores up. They're and get they're going to get fewer chances towards the ends of games to score and put up points. But we're going to be tagging teams for 28, 30 points a quarter and. and a half uh, to kick off games because of how explosive and how many possessions this defense is going to steal from teams. The, they're definitely going to steal a lot of possessions uh, and we'll get into JC Jackson here in a few minutes, but also when you take into effect that Joe Lombardi's first year, the scheme, this offensive playbook was in its first year last year. So we can only get better at it. Uh, we can only get better and everybody's a year further along in the playbook. We didn't lose almost any players on the offensive side of the ball. There's a lot of good to take away from the offensive side of the ball. And I think just bringing back Jalen Guyton, it just brings that continuity to this offense. Yeah. And I really like, we saw, we saw Guyton progress tremendously from, you know, two seasons ago to this past season. Um, and I think you're you're seeing it. He's he's maturing in front of our eyes. Uh, the drops are are down. He's more consistent in his route running, and he's turning into more than just a pure speed threat. That's all we really need him to be right now. But the fact that he's going to continue to develop, I think, just points to the fact that the 
beyond all of the stars that this team has, it has a very good up and coming core too. That's only going to get better with J- uh, Brandon Staley drafts to come. Yeah, without a doubt. Let's uh, move on to the special teams. Uh, bringing Dustin Hopkins back, thirty of thirty-four for from field goal range. I know he had the one big miss at the very final game of the year, which kind of left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouth. But the Chargers have not had a real reliable kicker in quite some time. Michael Badgley had his one spurt, his one little year, but Dustin Hopkins is a veteran, so I don't expect any sort of drop off. Three years, nine million dollars, totally worth the value of that. I'm ecstatic to not have to go watch kicker tape for some of these uh, 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 draft hopefuls in the draft. I, I'm, I think we have it shored up, and he's been so accurate throughout his entire career. I'm ecstatic to bring back Dustin Hopkins. And it's just something to not have to worry about. Like, it's a, a tired conversation to have is, oh, who are we going to have at kicker this year? I'm glad there's finally some continuity at uh, a position that we've haven't had consistency at since Nate Kading, who's probably one of the, you know, I, I don't know how you want to describe him, but you bring up that name to Chargers fans. It doesn't leave a great uh, feeling. Even and he was as, so good through his career too, right? Like not when just, it mattered, just not when it came to playoffs, when it came to playoffs, he lost us a lot of games, but during the regular season, he was a really, really good kicker for us. One of the uh, best in, in, in franchise or in NFL history for and during the regular season. Uh, just couldn't yeah, get it. Yeah, I think it was at like 94% for like three, four years in a row. But come come when it the game mattered the most, I mean it just it just didn't work out. It's it's not it's, something I want to have to deal with again. Like I'm so glad we have Dustin Hopkins, even if he's just at worst an average kicker. At his best, he's one of the, the most accurate, especially from inside of 40, and he gives you a chance from over 50. We've been talking about it multiple times. If you're 50-50 from over 50 yards, that's a pretty decent metric. Not everybody can be uh, uh, Justin um, Ravens kicker. Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker. Not everybody's – only one Justin Tucker is one Justin Tucker. Like, you only get one Adam Vinatieri. So when yeah. you can get like a pretty reliable top 10 consecutively kicker, you hold on to him for the long haul. Unnecessary. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad we kept him. Um, like, like, yeah, I'm glad we kept him, especially with, you know, young who coo, an, another guy we were considering to sign, um, signed a, a, a pretty, a, a lot, well, a more expensive contract. So I'm glad it's it, a pretty lucrative contract. He got well, paid pretty well. Yeah, more than I would like to spend on a kicker. So that that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I think for comparing just contracts, um, I think we get a very similar caliber of player. Yeah, without a doubt. And then we go and we signed uh, Josh Harris, who was a long snapper for the uh, the Falcons. Four years, $5 million, $6 million. I mean, for us, long snapper is kind of expensive, but this guy's a Pro Bowl long snapper. And I went back and forth on... You know, why did we let go of Matt Overton, who was a fan favorite? Like, everybody liked Matt Overton. I mean, Josh Harris was a pro bowler, right? And what Josh Harris also provides you is coverage for special teams because your job is more than just snapping the ball in an accurate place. You have to run down and cover. Have you seen this dude? Like, this dude's built. Like, he, I haven't he's checked got any. biceps. Does he? Yeah, he's definitely got some biceps and somebody that's going to be able to, to cover downfield, which is, I think, the major reason the Chargers were looking to uh, walk away from Matt Overton. And Matt Overton was a great player with a very successful career. Uh, if anything happens injury-wise, kind of similar to how it happened to Cole Mazza, I'd love to bring back Matt Overton. But signing Josh Harris is definitely the type of move that upgrades the special teams unit in terms of coverage, which has been such a sore spot for so long and it's addressing like we're addressing it like uh Brandon Staley let go of their special teams coordinator last year and the special teams was still improved but didn't meet the expectations and when you go and sign a guy like Josh Harris you're really committing to the entire special teams unit as a whole not just kicker not just punter but guys that can also run and tackle and I think that was a major reason why we went and signed Josh Harris and his biceps because uh, we need somebody to 
to run down and cover. It's got to be 11 players getting after the ball. Well, and I, I love this mentality, right? It, Staley's is so thorough right now with his roster construction, which is so refreshing to see. You know, his, his first year in the building, for years, we neglected offensive line. Staley's like, let's go get an offensive line. We get one in an offseason. Um, special teams, the same kind of thing. We haven't had a kicker. It's been a rota- rotating door at that position. We've sacrificed um, getting coverage players, specifically special team players with only role but to fill special teams voids. We go out and sign return specialists. We sign a kicker, and now Josh Harris at the long snapper position. There's there's going to be no weak links on this roster when it's all said and done. Everything is, is calculated right now, and it, it's just awesome to see it all take shape. It, it's It's amazing to see. Yeah, it's great to see, and I love the fact that we're addressing the need in free agency. This isn't just guys that are coming that that are you know sixth and seventh round draft picks playing special teams. Like we are, we saw it last season when we signed Ryan Smith. We're signing players specifically to play on special teams, and we're putting some veterans out there. We could have totally just drafted a a long snapper in the seventh round or or picked up a, a. uh, um, undrafted free agent, but no, we're going to get veterans that can help make the whole unit better and provide leadership to that. And you could tell like all of these decisions, they are, are, uh, you know, it's a deliberate process. These are thought out because everybody's coming in with, okay, this is going to be your job. This is kind of where we have, this is where we envision you on this team. There's no just going out to sign people and we'll see where they fit later. Everybody is a, a thought out, puzzle piece um and brandon staley's just putting it together moving on uh we got what a lot of players think is the top defensive free agent in the entire draft uh nfl um free agency class cornerback jc jackson i'll let you take the lead on this tell me everything i need to know about jc jackson and why he is such a signing for the Chargers. because i personally did not think we were going to go after him as hard as we did i thought there was no way we would go after this guy. And and first off, uh, the first place we got to start, not not only is he one of the most sought-after free agent targets this year, he would probably be one of the most sought-after free agent targets in, in, in many free agent periods because people of his talent and his, his position and his age don't often hit free agency, right? He is expiring at the end of his rookie year. He's only been in the league four years. Um, led the league in interceptions while he's been in the league and has only been a starter for one season. That's absolutely insane. The guy is, is I, I don't know, he, his name is Mr. Interception, but they've got to call him Mr. Productivity because all he does is produce. Um, I, I'm, so, I'm so ecstatic. It, it doesn't even make any sense that the Chargers went out and got a guy like this because I'm so baffled. Um that this guy was even on our radar. I, I, I couldn't believe the rumors. I thought it was mostly just smoke and mirrors. Um, and it really is a, a dream come true to have the best cover corner in the game right now on the Chargers. You know, he uh, he's actually like kind of underrated a little bit. I mean, they still targeted him over 100 times last season, which is insane. It adds to the fact of why he he has so many interceptions since right. what 2018. I, I think he has like 25, like leads the league. Um, really, really good coverage corner. According to PFF, he earned a 80.4 coverage grade. That, that's, that's the sixth highest grade, but even on the defensive end, right. Just being a, a, a defensive playmaker. He is cause he, he tackles too. Uh, he earned a 78.9, which it goes for eighth best, among all cornerbacks in the NFL last year. Uh, he gets interceptions, without a doubt. Like, that's his name, Mr. Interception. But he he's a tackler, and he's a hitter, and he's just a ball maker. And it's really, really fun watching the whole Derwin James with the eyes, and then you see the double eyes, and then you see it on his uh, Instagram, on J.C. Yeah. Jackson's Instagram. Uh, Derwin James brought J.C. Jackson home, and, and I don't know the exact way that they know each other, I know they're both from Florida. Uh, I don't. I don't know if they were teammates or what happened there, but 
Derwin James is the reason J.C. Jackson's on this team and the reason he took somewhat of a discount because he could have gotten paid a lot more by a really needy team like, I don't know, Jacksonville or something like that. Well, and the market was out there, right? Everybody had who needed a corner had a deal, I think, across J.C. Jackson's desk. And this is definitely a discount signing that he took to come play with us. We were talking he is going to sign the most lucrative deal that he can get his hands on. Um, and that's not the case. Cause there's no way that this was the most lucrative deal on the table. Cause no he, way you could easily, I don't know. Like, I, like I was saying, these guys don't hit the market. You don't let, I'm surprised that the Patriots didn't franchise tag this guy. Um, it seems like the, the fit was there. They kind of knew that they weren't going to be able to keep him and change his mind. So it it, can't, it seems like that's probably why. But it, I'm still baffled that he's here because it, it does it really doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense at all why the Patriots didn't franchise tag him. It no, I mean he probably had 30 offers on the table, and the Chargers are probably right in the middle, like of all those offers, but. I think a major reason why J.C. Jackson decided to come to L.A. is, one, to pay, play with Derwin James, having that familiarity, but also looking at the moves that the Chargers have made, knowing that you want to get paid, but you also want to chase a ring, right? Looking at the fact that they just signed for Cleo Mack, traded for Cleo Mack, that they just signed Mike Williams' big contract money, that you've got Justin Herbert on a rookie deal. Looking at the entire roster overall, I mean, it wants and brings people to want to come play here, right? You, it's so Absolutely. much more than who can throw the most money, but it's also the trajectory of the team. Uh, I think that the Chargers are all in, and everybody else knows that they're all in. And when you got a team that is all in, players want to go play for that type of team. Brandon Staley, awesome head coach, very well respected. I mean, how could you not want to come play for the Chargers? knowing that you're going to have so much fun doing it, right? That's the other well, thing you got to yeah. take into this. Like people want to have fun. And last year, everybody looked like they were having fun. Absolutely. Yeah. And everyone's getting in on it. Um, I would too. It's going to be, and as a fan, I'm just so, so excited. Um, and it's interesting that you brought up the Khalil Mack trade because I think it, it that definitely, I think was, was a big factor as well. Because I don't think, you know, without that move, it's kind of just words from Brandon Saley and Tom Telesco saying we, we want to be competitive this year. The Cleo Mack trade proves it and shows everyone across the league that Chargers are going to make moves that this normally this franchise never would even think about making. And so we get our star cornerback, our true CB1, a guy who's just going to erase players out of the game. Erase an eraser, a pure eraser. Is that your top target? Not today, because he is not getting more than five catches um, against J.C. Jackson. You can throw the ball 30 times his way. He's not going to give up more than four or five catches. It really forces the offense to go in a different direction, right? And if they try to go a different direction – Knowing Asante Samuel's on the up and up, knowing Derwin James is going to be in the slot quite a bit, knowing that J.C. Jackson's out there, it's going to force teams to try to go into the run, which brings me into the next signing, Austin Johnson. Austin Johnson had quietly a phenomenal season. He was ranked as the, what was it, the ninth best run defender, not best run defender, but ninth in stops, like overall stops, like, plays that result in a negative play for the offense. He was the ninth-ranked player among all interior defenders last season. He offers a little bit of pass rush ability. I know he only had three sacks, but he had 15 hurries, playing both in as the nose, playing as the DN3, the B-gap defensive tackle. He offers you ability to move around on the defensive line, and I think that the Chargers got him at a bargain. Two years, $14 million dollars. This guy was really, really good last year, and I think it really goes unnoticed just how good he actually was because he's not a uh, a name-brand free agent. I mean, he was drafted in the second round, so he's got the pedigree, didn't really work out too well with the Titans, ended up getting traded to the Giants, and then just blew up. And because he plays the nose, nobody, nobody really – like how many guys were like – who I saw all over Twitter. Is he any good? Is he any good? 
No, he was like the ninth best run defender. He was like really, really good. And I know his PFF stats don't always show it, but he was in the backfield quite a bit, stopping guys from negative plays. Like it was a huge, huge signing. Well, and and keep going because my kind of take is on the both both of the additions combined. And then when you go and pair him with Sebastian Joseph Day, who Brandon Staley has a ton of familiarity with, you got two guys that can both be plugs in the middle. So let's talk about Joseph Day. I'll let you take Joseph Day. Well, the same thing. Sebastian Joseph Day was one of my top, you know, free agent targets because he was one of also one of the most productive run defenders against the league last year. Um, And the reason I like Sebastian Joseph Day was younger. I think he's only 26, maybe 27 right now. Uh, His contract made a lot of sense. But honestly, I really thought that after we signed Austin Johnson, that was going to be it for the defensive line. You know, you already signed Khalil Mack. You, you, You helped the run defense in a major way, adding Austin Johnson. Sebastian Joseph Day, in my opinion, was getting a little greedy in the best type of ways because these guys are very, very similar in their versatility. I think Sebastian Joseph Day, because of his size, is more more of a traditional nose tackle, but Austin Johnson can move around. Um, and it, it just gives it, it opens up so many things for that defensive line room, which was such a terrible blind sore for us last year in two in, in a span of the moves were an hour and a half apart from each other. Turned our weakest, our biggest weakness from last year. The reason we didn't make the playoffs last year. The reason we couldn't stop 75 yards and two r- runs um, on the two last plays of the season instantly helps it in an hour and a half with those two signings. We're going to be dramatically different up front. You're not going to be able to just pound the rock inside um, and hope for three, four yards up the middle now that we got some disruptive game-changing presence up front you know the other thing you have to bring to to everybody's attention i know sebastian joseph day was injured most of the year last year right but in 2020 he was second in stops so you got two players in back-to-back years who were top 10 players in run stopping like total run stops overall and you got them right next to each other which is just insane and this is going to help out Jerry Tillery so much because Jerry Tillery is such a sore to watch over the last three years like he has not been good but when you're able to pair him with Mac on one side with Joseph Day or Austin Johnson playing in the nose and then have the other player play in and on the opposite side of that because you got to remember Brandon Staley plays five defensive linemen like 50% of the time, like he plays it so often. Jerry Tillery is going to really, really benefit from this. And in a good way, because he's going to earn a contract off the Chargers next season. Their Chargers are not going to offer him the fifth-year contract. I just don't see any way that's going to happen. But you got two top, I'll I'll be conservative, top 25 defensive uh, run-stop guys. And that is just insane to add that to there with two top five, top 10 edge rushers. Like, it's just insane. It's not fair. It's not <laughs> fair because, I mean, you go to like some of the really greats, like the the the, the top five run defense teams, you got to throw San Francisco in there. Also, a lot of depth on the defensive line, two really good edge rushers, two, three, you know, really good interior defensive tackles. Then you go to like, I don't know, Washington, who had kind of a similar, on there those teams really controlled the defensive line of scrimmage so when you compare that to like the Chargers the Chargers have that ability as long as health keeps them in that contention they're going to be so hard to run against and then you have also the fact that you have JC Jackson a top corner you've got Asante Samuel Derwin James is probably the best safety in the NFL this team is in no shortage of superstars everywhere on this team no and it's it's the the pieces we added are individually all phenomenal. When you add them together, what they what they mean compared to each other is just phenomenal. Because what the pass rush is going to do for the DBs, all, can, can you imagine all of the awful throws J.C. Jackson is going to be you know having to defend because of how fast these quarterbacks are going to have to get the ball out of their hands? And then on the other side, how much time? 
Joey Bosa and company are going to have to get after the quarterback because of the fantastic coverage on the other end. All of that feeds off of each other. Like you were saying, all the defensive tackles, that's going to steadily increase Joey Tillery's, Jerry Tillery's productivity. It's going to be across the board. They're all going to feed off of each other. Um, it, 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 yeah, it's going to be a catalyst. It's going to be a race to the ball carrier. I'm going to feel bad for you know the third, fourth, fifth best defender on this team because they're going to be making no plays. They're not. And, you know, I think it also puts Jerry Taylor in a good position, too, because if we run our 4-2-5 defense and we're only running four defensive linemen, Jerry Taylor is coming in on third downs to rush a passer, which is like the only thing he is actually like really good at. Right. That was why we drafted him for getting interior pressure on the quarterback. And so you can have him come in like at a full tank and rush yeah. the passer with two quality edge rushers coming off the edge, forcing the the quarterback to step into the pocket where Jerry Tillery is going to be there. I think the only thing that you're really missing with Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson is that interior pass rush. They're not great at it, but they're they, they're quality players at it for you know some of the really bad players in the NFL who can't get after the quarterback to cause interior pressure. But these guys are strong. I mean, if you're really like looking at what you're getting on the interior there, take Jerry Tillery out of the equation, right? You get Austin Johnson, you get Sebastian Joseph Day. Those guys are not moving. They're they're immovable defenders on the interior. So what's happening is you have two edge rushers coming off the edge, forcing the quarterback into the pocket, and you've got two guys on the interior there who are just not moving, and it's creating really, really tight pockets for the quarterback to throw out of. And then he's going to get it out in a hurry. He's going to get it out fast because you have to get it out fast with Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. And you're going to be playing a lot of cover one. The Chargers play a lot of cover one. And where are they going to go with the ball? You can already tell, like knowing that that press rush, they're going to be doing slants. They're going to be trying to get rid of these balls and little hitches. And if you're playing man on that, the quarterback's not going to have time to take a five-step drop and and throw it deep on in cover one when you have two edge rushers coming off the edge. He's, he has to stay in the pocket and get it out quick, and that helps the linebackers. And by the way, Drew Tranquil, very good coverage linebacker. Yeah. Kenneth Murray has a lot of uh, development to do, but he's going to have the best front he's ever had in front of him to really help his development. It really just all levels helps out a lot. Also, Darwin James coming off the edge in certain packages. Um, you know, he the, the Chargers do like to run their safeties uh, on the edge there. And you get Joey Bosa and Cleo Mack going into the C-gap. Boom. You got Darwin James untouched, which happens so much earlier in the season. You get those big hits that are so fun to watch. Well, absolutely. Uh, and then just going back to so- – Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson talking about their pass rush ability. I, I think you're shell, selling them a little short in that area only because I don't think they were asked a whole lot to do to, to do a whole lot of that because of where they were. Sebastian Joseph Day plays with Aaron Donald, the best interior pass rusher there is. Sebastian Joseph Day is one of the most dominant run defenders. I think because of that skill set, because you had Aaron Donald, I think they just didn't have him on the field for traditional sets to get after the quarterback. And then you go to Austin Johnson. He's playing with Leonard Williams at the D tackle. Same, similar. I, I'm, I'll put him on the tier below Aaron Donald, but also a phenomenal pass rusher from the interior. I just don't think they were asked to do a whole lot of it. I kind of won't in this defense either. Well, I think they'll do more because of they're going to be asked to do more because of, Staley system of his five man fronts. And these guys are all going to be just interchangeable. Like I've seen packages with so Sebastian Joseph day in 2020 as the defensive end, like just be, these guys are going to be moving all over the place. Cause Staley's creative and he's going to get them in positions. Um, but I, 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 yeah, I, I, I think they have, both of those guys have more in that department than they've shown. Um, and I think that's because, they weren't asked to do a whole lot of it. I th- it kind of reminds me of Jordan Davis right now coming out of Georgia. People are like, oh, he can't rush passer. Look who we played with. De- De- Devontae Wyatt, um, the the D end 
and all of those linebacking court. They that had whole Georgia, the, the whole defense. They had the best pass seven. rushers in the nation. They didn't have to ask him to rush the passer. So I, I think it's similar. True. I think it's similar um, when you talk about Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson uh, and their ability to rush the passer. I think they can if you ask them to. They're phenomenal players. You know what else? You know what else I want to see now that I'm just thinking about it, right? I want to put Joey Bosa on the interior, put Khalil Mack on the outside when you're on the close side of the hash. And you can force into the the small side of the field and be able to do that. And then you can take Tillery, who's going to be playing in the B-gap, stunt him on the outside and force force quarterback pressure into his lap and let him just get sacks. Like that's going to happen so often. I can already see it, envision it, and I'm I'm all here for it. It's going to be fun. That well, I'm just looking at the the. I just think about you. You take Khalil and Joey Bosa. I think those guys are automatic locks to give you at least 22 sacks next year. You just look at their averages. Look at their production over their years. Now play together. I think twenty two is actually kind of light. Kind of light, honestly. I'm I like thirty. I think thirty is the ceiling. Uh, Fifteen each, and you know, there's no reason Joey Bosa. I mean, he's in the prime of his career. He's absolutely. one of the best house rushers. Like, there's no reason he can't break that record. Twenty two and point five, or what? I think Watt just broke it, didn't he? Twenty three point five. I can't. I don't remember, but he did just. Uh, I think he's a half sack short. No, I, he broke the record. Did he break but it? I don't. I don't know if it was by a full sack or half a sack, but he did break the oh. record. It was a big thing. Uh, it, he ended up getting like four sacks in the final game to do it. It was insane. Well, it was yeah. insane, and this just defense, top to bottom, is it's strong right across the board. If Kenneth Murray really plays up to his talent level. And he's going to have – he's got the front in front of him to really, really stand out. And, well, and I'm, probably, I'm probably going to go just as high as I was on him last season saying he's not going to lead the NFL in tackles because he's got enough quality players around him where he won't have to do that. But he's going to have a breakout year because he's not going to have to do a whole lot. He's not going to be picked on. Well, it, it, the, the canines a bust train – will be gaining a lot of hype if with all this talent surrounding him now, uh, he can't put it together because it, you have you have no excuse now. Um, every guy around you is a perennial all-pro. Every yeah. guy. So it's just there's so much to look forward to. I can't wait to really like go to training camp and see what's going to happen. I also can't wait to talk about the Shock Therapy podcast magazine zach put in some work on our cover page i am so excited to to get into that uh i did want to talk about it just a little bit i'm only about 20 pages through it but zach did a phenomenal job on the cover i don't i was thinking about dropping it but you know what i want to make people wait we'll save it so i'm with you with the excitement i keep showing it to my friends and and busting it out at the bar when I go out because uh, I'm proud of it. I want, I can't wait to share it with everybody, but um, yeah, I, I put, I put a lot of time into it. I wanted to make it pop because I know you put so much time into the actual uh, content, content of it. I, yeah. I wanted to give a, a, a cover that made people want to pick it up and, and give it a read. So I, I think so, I accomplished that. So I'm really excited. I, I wanted to thank you uh, for getting that cover together because it looks fucking sweet. And I have to cuss and say that in that way because it is it is fucking sweet. Sorry, uh, Grandma. The other thing – sorry, Grandma. The other part I, I wanted to talk about with that is um, uh, I did send a letter to Brandon Staley asking him to sign it because I feel like that kind of a, a cool under-the-radar type of guy to get it signed. Um, so I'm hoping we get that in there. And uh, I just wanted to say thank you, Zach, because that really came out awesome. Way better than I could have envisioned it. I took next month of school off so I could work on the magazine so that I don't get too far behind and I can catch up on it. So I'm stoked for it. Me too. Yeah, I'm excited to see what you put together. And then uh, other than that, the last thing I want to bag on you about is the (laughs) next season of the uh, Sandbox Simulation season has just started. And Did I want to know start? what your – it just started. It's, so it's starting. You, you can go in and and set up your depth chart. 
Uh, for anybody who doesn't know what sandbox simulations is, it's kind of like fantasy football. You build your own roster. Uh, you can use code shock therapy at checkout to save 10% off your first season. But essentially, it's like Madden franchise, but it's all based off of statistics from the prior season. Uh, it simulates all of the stats, and you had a ton of fun with it last year, and you were terrible. <laughs> I had, I was really, really bad. Uh, but yeah, and it was a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, and I can't wait to get into this next season. I think our first game is on Saturday, so you better get in there and get your roster set and get your game plan going. And and uh, I, I, I need. I have I have my roster set. I have my defensive game plan in. Um, I, I was going through it yesterday, kind of power through the offensive game plan, and got about like two, maybe two, three. Uh, downs in and realized I needed to take a break because I was just rushing through it. Um, but it, it's fun. It, it, it just makes you think about, I was awful last year. Um, and I'm just hoping <laughs> I win more games than I, I <laughs> won last season. <laughs> well, again, sandboxsimulations.com. It's basically fantasy football, but it's better than fantasy football because you create a full 53-man roster. You set up your depth charts, your game plans. You decide on first down, do you want to be a run-first or pass-first type of offense? Uh, you get to determine on you know second and, and seven, am I running the ball 60% of the time or am I passing it 70% of the time or whatever it is. ton of fun. You have to take into account injuries. I mean, it's probably one of the most in-depth um, – sandbox simulation type of i don't know how to explain it. it's so much fun it, it's super Use. immersive and i think that was like that was my point yesterday i kind of came in kind of just wanting to set a fantasy lineup and then got stuck and it took me a lot longer because there's so much other things that you need to think of it, it's yeah. not just a fantasy game it, it's so in-depth there's no type of football experience like it i think it's a i think it's shock 20 is the yeah. code shock 20 save 20% off your first season. Thank you guys so much for listening. Zach, uh, I appreciate you getting that done for the magazine. I'm excited yeah. to talk about linebackers here next week. Next week. Bring it. Let's do it. All right. Thank you guys so much, and we are out. underwear makes the most comfortable boxer briefs i've ever worn if you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight sheath is for you the most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body you see their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture wicking technology they're super soft keep everything cool and comfortable and right in place sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out now, the most unique thing about sheath underwear is that they have these dual pouches that keep your man parts separated, which prevents things from sticking together, keeps them right where they need to be. They'll be the most comfortable pair of boxer briefs you've ever won in your life. Plus, they have brand new materials like bamboo and mesh for even more cooling comfort. Go to sheathunderwear.com and get the most comfortable underwear you've ever worn. And if you use promo code IHEART, you'll also get 20% off your order. That's sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART.